As a mother, wife, and divorce attorney for over 15 years, experience has taught me a lot about how to deal with times of uncertainty, transition, and facing opportunities for growth. I'm happy you're joining me for this part of the journey. Dallas divorce attorney Anita Savage knows that divorce is oftentimes a period of pain as people suffer with feelings of grief and anger. But she also knows it can be a time of transformation and hope. Anita has been practicing family law for over two decades, and she uses her experience to help families protect what matters most in the divorce process. Anita is well-respected in our North Texas Dallas community. She is the immediate past president of Collaborative Divorce Dallas and is also a member of the North Texas Collaborative Divorce Alliance. Anita, I want to welcome you and thank you for coming to be here today. Thanks, Jennifer. I appreciate it. Um, you are very involved in the Collaborative Divorce Movement. Yes. Uh, what? How did you find out about it and what attracted you to Collaborative Divorce? So I found out about the collaborative divorce um, movement actually when I was getting my own divorce. I had gone to an attorney and I was really afraid of what that process was going to be like. I didn't want to destroy my family. I, you know, my love for my husband was gone, but my love for my family wasn't. I wanted to make sure that we did it in a, in a good and respectful way. So my attorney just happened to know about it and told me about it and I thought it was an excellent option. Unfortunately, my husband hadn't, you know, he didn't agree. He had an attorney who was much different than mine. So we ended up going through litigation and um, it just confirmed to me how important it was that this option is there. So after my own divorce, I went into family law full time so that I could start helping families heal as opposed to making matters worse. How, how do you see collaborative divorce really as a different option? In what ways is it different than a more traditional litigated divorce? So I think that the most, um, the way that it is the most different is that the, the two parties, the couple, are in charge of everything. They're in charge of how fast it goes. They're in charge of um, the decisions that they make, when they're ready to make them, how they're made. Um, and it's really family focused. The other thing is that it is all private, confidential, and that is completely different than a regular traditional divorce. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people are aware these days of how public yeah. divorce proceedings are, especially right now. Of course, are broadcasting the trials on Zoom yeah. or on YouTube. Right. And you can go and watch other yeah. people's divorces. Yeah. So. And don't think I don't. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> me too. Um, they've always been public. It was just a, yeah. it was a little more difficult to have to pay for parking and go down and yeah. sit in a courtroom than it is to just you know see what's on YouTube. What benefits have you seen um, for your clients in the collaborative divorce process? Well, gosh, um, I've seen tons and tons of benefits. Um, the one that we just talked about, the privacy of it, the fact that it can be structured in a way that um, a lot of times when people are getting a divorce, one person is far ahead of the other in terms of the readiness scale. Mm -hmm. So um, having the team available to help um, not only coach the one that is wanting that divorce quickly, but also assist the one who is saying, "Hey, what? What's just happened? Why are you know why why are we even in a divorce?" Um, so I, that's been really helpful. I, I think divorce readiness is such a yeah. good topic to talk about because people um, often don't. It makes sense, but they don't they don't realize you know yeah. 
once you've made the decision to divorce, you've probably been living with that decision for a while. Right. Where you could be totally blindsiding your spouse and they have no idea is yes. coming. And how yeah. does that create problems in the divorce process? Whew. Um, where do I begin? Um, so the first part, I think, is just the, the person who's ready, the one who's been thinking about it for a year and a half and has finally come to the decision that their life is going to be better post-divorce than it is at that moment, um, they've sort of made all of the decisions in their mind. They've kind of figured out how things are going to work. Um, if it's the non-moneyed spouse, that person has figured out how am I going to pay for this and that, the things that normally my other spouse would pay for. Um, for the one who found out, oftentimes it really is a, a shock. They might have been talking about divorce before that, but that was sort of peripheral or it was just sort of a, a concept as opposed to something that they actually were going to go through. So the one who's behind has to now make all of those decisions and all of those, think about all of those things um, in a very short amount of time. So especially in litigation, in litigation, the judges are in charge of their own docket. So depending on which judge, judge's court you land in, when your case is going to get dismissed is not up to the attorneys or the parties. It's up to the judge. Um, when you have to you know, move forward and make decisions, that's all, again, up to the judge. It's not up to the parties. And the thing about collaborative is we can slow the process down long enough to make the, uh, the surprised um, spouse catch up and make good decisions. Um, that said, it's not, I don't think that the collaborative process is any um, more long than a regular divorce. Divorces are very long, especially litigated divorces. In fact, I would say that they're longer than a, my standard collaborative case. Yeah, I, I have found that too. I think oftentimes when we're in litigation, the, the, the rules of civil procedure just sort of draw things out right. in and of itself. And, and we end up arguing about things like, did you turn over all the documents? Right. And in collaborative divorce, you know, the parties are both committing at the outset that they're going to make full disclosure. Yep. And we have a neutral financial professional who's working with both parties to make sure that everything yeah. has been disclosed. Right. That's exactly right. And, and if one party has a question, they get to ask the questions. And we're doing it together as opposed to in this adversarial process where it does feel like it's hide the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. The way that I explain it to my clients is that um, collaborative law offers you all of the protections as regular litigation does in terms of like standing orders. Not only are they in effect because there's a lawsuit, but also we are all committing to follow those same standing orders. Um, you know, uh, disclosure of information, uh, you know, making decisions that are child-based. Those are all things that we as a team are committing to and are gonna help the spouses with as they make their way through it because it's really easy to forget sometimes when you're in the pain of a divorce, right? That the decisions I make actually affect my kids or affect, you know, sort of the long-term um, decisions that I have to make. So having those neutrals in place who actually can assist them in a way that I can't is really, really helpful. And it's, in my opinion, the most efficient way that our, that our clients can spend their money. I agree with that. I think you know, so often, especially when working with um, like the mental health professional when it comes to kiddo issues, yeah. I mean, people don't realize in a litigated divorce, you know, you're, you're at war with the other side right. and you're not really getting to sit down and have the conversations that you need to have where 
the collaborative divorce process offers the opportunity to sit down and help get on the same page with, yeah. the, uh, with the mental health professional in terms of how are we going to tell the kids? When are we going to tell the kids? What are we going to tell the kids? Right, exactly. And, and people don't realize that's, I mean, it, the, the benefits for the children uh, post-divorce are, I think, invaluable. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, there's another tool too that we've recently started using, which is the child specialist. And I have seen amazing things with that. Um, so that's a really, that's a really incredible yeah, thing Yeah, I think, you know, one of the interesting things about the role of a child specialist is it really helps give a voice to yeah. the children. People often enter the divorce process thinking, you know, I want my child to go talk to the judge or, you know, my child needs to be the one who's making decisions. And they don't realize it's really putting the child in the middle yeah. of the divorce process that creates more conflict and That's more, right. more stress for the children. Right. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and how have you seen the role of the child specialist to help alleviate that? So I think it gives the children a voice in a very safe place. Um, the child specialists that I've worked with, ha they, they are able to talk with the kids not only about what's going on in their family and how their family is going to be different, but also in terms of what it is that they need and they want so that their parents can be aware of it and thinking about it as they make their own decisions. And it's really the information, the conversation that the child specialist is having is somebody who's skilled in working yeah. with children and can have it in a way that is safe for the kids and doesn't, you know, put right. them in the middle. I, you know, lawyers would probably be, so what do you want to have happen? Right. Which is exactly. why lawyers should be not be talking to children because right. it just creates more stress. Yes. And I think it's such an effective way for parents to hear in a constructive yeah. way what their child's perception is. Yes. The other thing I find, and tell me if you find this too, is that children in the middle of divorce um, often are telling the parents what the what the parent yeah. wants to hear. They Absolutely. They see the parents struggling with grief and sadness, yep. and they want to try and make things easier for their parents. Yep. So what the parent is hearing from the child may not be exactly what's going what, on with the child. Exactly, what they actually want or need from their parents. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, tell me, how do you help a client figure out whether or not collaborative divorce is right for them? Well, um, it's a process that I help my client figure out as I get to know them, um, as I'm talking with them, usually in that first, um, the first time that we talk. I'm trying to gather as much information I can about, you know, which process is the right one for them. Um, more often than not, collaborative is. The problem is, is that we have to get the other side to agree to it. It's a, it's a process that you have to enter into voluntarily. We can't just like throw it on you. So, um, so I'm always thinking about that. A lot of times my first question will be, you know, how, does your husband or wife have an attorney? And if so, who is it? Because that will oftentimes tell me the trajectory of the way that the case is gonna go. If it's somebody who, um, who is collaborative, then I will, you know, immediately explain to them the benefits of, of collaborative divorce and why I think that's better. And I'll give them all the information that they need to be able to talk to their spouse about it as well. A lot of times people don't even know what it is, right? So um, part of our, you know, uh, our goal as an attorney is to 
explain to our clients all of the different options for decision making and for their case. So, And people don't realize, I mean, collaborative divorce is something that, fortunately, in our area, a lot of lawyers um, are trained yeah. and there are a lot of great options out there. But there are also a lot of lawyers who we, we would say never made the paradigm shift. They don't, yeah. they don't believe in it, they don't see how it could be helpful, and they don't right. have experience in it. And so when you go to visit with a lawyer, yeah. you, you may be visiting with somebody who doesn't believe in the collaborative divorce process, right? Right, right, right. And, you know, uh, something that I tell my clients, and, you know, hopefully they're in a place that they can be talking with their spouse still. Sometimes they're not, and that's okay. Um, but I oftentimes will tell my clients to go and speak with other attorneys because the way that I see things isn't necessarily the way that you'll see something. Um, and it's super important to have somebody that you um, believe and trust because I think a lot of what we do is tell our clients really bad news, right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear it. And knowing that I'm, I'm not just saying that, that they can trust me with that information is, I think it's helpful. I think that trust is such an imperative piece of the attorney-client relationship. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times, um, clients who are facing divorce may feel like in order to protect themselves, they need to go with the meanest, baddest lawyer in town. Right. And, um, and you and I see yeah. firsthand what happens when yes. people choose that, is that... They spend a lot of money <laughs> and they get angrier and angrier and angrier. That's and it right. gets harder and harder and harder to do the things that you thought you were going to be able to do uh, after, you know, the marriage was over. I think most people think that their that their life is going to be much better. But if you are stuck in pain from the last three years of litigation and all these you know terrible accusations being you know thrown against you, or having to testify in court, or getting other people involved in your divorce, it's just it's it, a nightmare. It is. It's really hard to come um, back to a healthy yeah. co-parenting relationship right. with that person. Um, you know, one of the big uh, differences between collaborative and litigation is litigation, we are all focused on every bad decision that was ever made in the past, oh, right? right. <laughs> and right. that's the name of the game. Yeah. Every, every right. secret that was revealed between a husband and wife in the right. context of an intimate relationship is now fair game to yep. be exploited um, in the litigation process. Yeah. And what I love about collaborative is that we're really focusing on future. Yeah. Um, so, so that stuff is in the past. Right. You, know? you can choose to let it go, and you can choose to put your time and energy on what you're going to build in the future. Yep. Yep. Um, what do you think are some common misperceptions that people have about collaborative divorce? And this could be other lawyers, um, as well as clients who come in, uh, you know, wanting to talk to you about divorce. Yeah. Okay, so I think the first mis misconception is probably that this is going to be some sort of like kumbaya moment where everyone's getting along great. I mean, that's that that's not true. You're still going through a divorce. It's a painful, painful process. Um, but the mechanism that you're going through it in the collaborative process is one that is uh, focused towards resolu resolution, um, focused towards the kids, focused towards finding the correct and best uh, options for both parties and the kids post-divorce. Um, it doesn't mean that you know tempers aren't going to flare. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. It just means that you're going to have the support system in place to be able to make those decisions, um, you know, with information, 
with knowledge and and knowing that the future is going to be impacted hopefully better than than not better you know i just it brought to mind and um, while you're talking one of the things that we don't really necessarily share with clients but i think it's good for them to know and that's in the collaborative divorce process when you have a team of professionals that you're working with um the team holds each other accountable yeah. So we get to have conversations after a meeting is over and I, you know, you can say to me, Jennifer, you really came on too strong right. and really upset my client. And, you know, I have an opportunity to kind of look at that and reflect on that and see how I can maybe, you know, come to the table differently next time or address yeah. whatever needs to be addressed. Yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> that does not happen. In no, litigation, it absolutely right? <laughs> doesn't happen, right? It doesn't happen at all. Um, and I completely agree with you. I mean, the way that I explain it to my clients is in that last 15 minutes when the clients are gone, that's kind of where the magic happens because it's the time when we can say, you know, let's just say that we're on a case like Jennifer, you know, I felt like what you had proposed there was a little aggressive. Um, and then we get the feedback of the other professionals so that we ourselves can learn and grow and become a better collaborative professor professional and also to be aware of it for the next time, right? Because we're going to meet again and decisions are going to be made eventually. And so um, it's, it's exactly, yeah. I mean, it is a really valuable part of um, having a good team yeah. who's committed. Everybody at the table is committed to being a better mm -hmm. collaborative professional yeah. and really helping people figure out how do we put these pieces of the puzzle together, right? Right, right. In the, in the best way possible too, yeah. right? Because one asset isn't necessarily uh, the same as another one, even if it's the same value. Um, the way that they are going to be used is different, and the, you know, each spouse's desire to have that particular uh, asset could be different. So exactly, yeah. and I always say, look, if you all are you are in agreement with everything, you don't need a process, right? right. You just paper up the deal and and get it done. Right. But if you're having conflict and you're having disagreements and, you know, we don't really agree on the value of this or we don't agree whether this was separate property or who should be primary and where the children should live, right. at least putting having a collaborative process allows you to really get creative and explore options in a healthy and constructive way. Yeah, I agree. One of the great privileges of being a collaborative law professional, Anita, is getting to practice with people like you. Oh, thanks. And so I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to yeah. come and talk to us today about collaborative divorce. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure.